Hello, love. Welcome back to another podcast episode. I am so grateful for you to be spending your time listening to me. And I hope that these days have been healing in one way or another, whether it's triggers coming up or just allowing yourself to be and healing through the being. It's a big lesson that we always forget. It's just allowing ourselves to be this vessel that we are and sleep in and rest when we need to. This past... Oh my gosh, so many months have just been like constant, every month a new time for a lesson and it feels so intense. Um, and so this is another, you know, more intense episode. That's why I haven't been doing episodes every week, but there's so much reflecting to constantly do. I have to wait for like two weeks or a month to fully grasp what even is happening. So again, thank you for being you and thank you for listening. So today we have a guest. It's going to kind of be like a there's this TikToker that does like chat and chews. So I'm going to use that phrase chat and chew and we're eating breakfast and we're chatting um, and sharing our experiences within the past month of things. We're going to talk about platonic intimacy within sisterhood and we're going to talk about, you know, triggers that have been coming up within each other because, well, I'm going to just dive right into it. So this is Gracie. Gracie, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Grace. I've been staying with Hallie for um, a couple of days now, and we've been learning a lot from each other. Um, it's been quite some interesting um, feedback um, from the both of us when we've been communicating throughout this whole it's kind of been a journey it's kind of been like ups and downs and like really communicating well I mean when we say communicating it's kind of like oh it's like easier said than done like just communicate your feelings like it's just that easy um but what like we've kind of realized is that you really whether or not you think the other person is I think because we we both had misunderstandings of each other as which in every connection it's like communication is the number one thing and if you refuse to communicate even the smallest thing it will spiral into something big until there's tenacity between the people even if you both mean the most love because me and Gracie we always come from love right but when even the littlest things trigger each other and that's what this episode's going to be about is the triggers we might get a little bit personal yeah um but understanding that we're trying our best and whatever is going on with your you know spouse your significant other your um just friendship even in a familiar setting um with family this is a very casual podcast. That's why I see this. There's a cat behind us. And it like try to get Grace's attention. Oh. We have a Norwegian forest cat by us. We are also pet sitting for my cousins and it's beautiful. And when it wants attention It backs like, away. Yeah. You know, when you give it attention. Yeah. Um But it's you have to communicate every single little thing, whether it makes you happy or sad. And when you want somebody to continue doing something, we get self-conscious and we're just like, oh, well, they didn't tell us that they liked it, so I'm not going to do it again. Right. Something for me that like I had to tell Gracie is just like, I need constant communication on how she's feeling because 
certain amounts of silence for me. Like, even though I love silence, I love solitude, when other people are super, super silent and have a straight face, I think that they're mad at me. Right. Because that's the way my household works. So communicating with Gracie being like, I need you to tell me when you feel something because I don't know when you're upset or you're sad or you're happy. I need a clear communication, you know, because my trauma is not having that clear communication. Right. So asking that and just being like hey did you really like that and then her being like yeah I did or no let's not do that again or you know whatever the situation is making sure that the clear fine lines are there and present so do you want to talk first or do you want me to talk first (laughs) she wants attention but I'm gonna give her attention (laughs) you can just maybe pick her up I'm not gonna pick you up because you get all cute yes um I think something kind of Okay, you gotta stop, because... She's talking to the cat, guys. (laughs) Yeah, I am talking to the cat. Um, Something that I think I've noticed with myself is my definition of silence is different from Hallie's. When I'm silent, I am processing emotions. Um, and there is some truth to me holding back some stuff that I want to say because when I have um, communicated stuff in past relationships, I would shut down because the immediate response to my communication was conflict. And so over time, I've learned to be... Um, silent and reflect and create the most um like in my mind when I'm silent and somebody has said something and I'm reflecting I'm like okay how do I communicate my feelings without creating conflict and there's balance to that but what I was doing was avoiding the conversation just completely overall because I was so scared of that conflict or me saying something and then Hallie um receding back that was what I was scared of and Hallie took my silence as oh she needs space I did not actually want space. Um, we learned that after not like talking for like nine hours. She, yeah, she had thought that, oh, she needs space. Like she's mad at me. But I was like, no, like I just want like, I, <laughs> I don't want space. Like when, like when I'm feeling, when I go silent, I just want, I just want to be, Either we'll do something fun and then we'll come back to the conversation. I think that's kind of what I wanted. I kind of wanted, I thought that you were going to be like, oh, okay, well, let's just go like, you know, do this or do that. And then we'll come back to the conversation because that's, you know, that was the perfect scenario in my mind. But I wasn't communicating that. (laughs) Hallie was like, oh, this girl is mad at me. I'm going to give her some space but. That is not what I wanted, and I didn't communicate that clear enough. And um, I think (laughs) we both were so confused at what was happening. We thought the other person was mad at us, when in reality, we were not not mad at all. I think I just got frustrated because, so for me... 
see i love silence so like the yesterday i was just kind of overwhelmed so i did i was silent i would like go to my own thing mm-hmm. and be silent but after an argument not it was an argument after communicating then there's silence that's when i think the other person is holding back because that's what my my parents do is they're very passive aggressive and they're right. passive aggressive within their silence right so when i communicate the way i'm feeling and there's silence on the other end i automatically think i did something wrong right so that's why i retracted back i'm just like oh crap like Gracie's here from another state, staying in an unfamiliar place, but I don't know right. how to hold space because I'm frustrated that she's not saying what she's feeling. Right. And after I discommunicated, but I didn't know, like I even communicated to Gracie being like, silence for me is a trigger after communicating. Right. But that's her only way of feeling her emotions to understand what's happening. Right. So her most comfortableness is my, my most your comfortability is my uncomfortability. <laughs> right. And my comfortability is your uncomfortability. Right. So it was a matter of not communicating. It was a matter of there wasn't any tenacity. It was just we thought that there was so much more within the silence than there actually was. Right. And that's like something that we learned. And then we didn't talk for like nine hours because I was scared of confrontation. I'm sure Gracie was scared of confrontation. Yeah. So literally imagine this. We were in this household that we're um, pet setting for. We're like running around each other, scared of talking to each other <laughs> for like nine hours. Yeah. You know, just pacing around. My heart <clears throat> started beating. I started getting anxious every time I was around her because I was ready for her to communicate how she was feeling. Right. But she didn't know how to come up to me. Right. Because she thought I was mad at her. Right. So it's just like... It's- well, here's the thing. I had I had um, contacted Luca and I was like, Luca, I don't know what to do. Like, I feel like Hallie is distancing herself because she's mad at me. Which, it was the opposite situation for her because she was distancing herself because she felt I was mad at her. <laughs> and we were both like... It was just... Oh, we were missing that clear communication. And it was like, no, I was talking to Luca and she was like, oh, yeah, just give her some space and, right. you know, she'll come back. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll just, I'll give her some space. But Hi was giving me space because she thought I needed space. And Right. And Luca's our other long distance friend. So me and Gracie are in a long distance friendship. Right. She contacted me a lot like how you guys contact me. Um, and just like, hey, let's talk. Like, we right. do. Gracie's and Luca are just like that. They're my two friends. One's from the west coast ones from the east coast and i'm a little mich- well i don't want to <laughs> michigan girl <laughs> yeah i'm um, a little middle um north north middle what's the word middle nope that's not the word mid-eastern no michigan no okay north <laughs> what is the word north midwest that's the word midwest i'm a little midwestern girl so Mm -hmm. i'm the middle for them right so i i made a couple episodes about you know learning lessons and feeling things and understanding love from when luca was here and now i'm learning stuff from gracie and it's just these powerful connections that probably happen and um so anyhow clear communication is so key and we hear that all the time but even in the fact of it's so hard to clearly communicate when you feel like you've never been, like, heard or seen. Right. As, like, a kid. And so that was, like, a trigger was just, like, see, I've tried communicating with my parents, and they're kind of narcissists. So they don't 
understand, but their parents are narcissists, so they don't know how to break that pattern. Right. So when they do things to un like they they don't hold space for me. It's the most frustrating and crippling feeling ever because I feel the people that have raised me don't know me. And that's not a good feeling at all. And so carrying that off and breaking the generational cycles by being uncomfortable and having those conversations with your friends, especially if you're the main people that listen to this is queer and women. But (laughs) if you're a man listening to this as well or however you identify, if not as women, woman, woman woman not as woman it's not as woman um it just applies to everybody is we've just been so estranged from what communication means and applying that and and everything notice that you and your mom will be like you need to communicate but it's not actually true communicating because when you communicate there is Ninety uh, percent of list of communicating is listening. Yeah, really, like truly, honestly, like listening without the intent to respond. That is what I've noticed between. We've also during this time have had to like go around your mom and your grandpa because they're a little bit tense like it, you can feel the tension in the room mm-hmm. when they're like a little bit angry but they or, won't say anything yep they'll hold it back mm-hmm. it's um, kind of like tiptoeing around yeah so when <laughs> when i sense that they're like angry or when we were in the car yesterday and there was you know i think with parents our our generation's parents they're very, they have this view about money that's very, um... Different, estranged from ours. Yeah. Um, I, you know, my relationship with my mom, she... I'm thinking that's somebody, but that's a cat. I think jumping <laughs> around. Um, she is, you know, she won't get angry when I need money from her and noticing like that that interaction your mom gets a steady income I'm pretty sure your mom gets a good amount of money and she was frustrated over $30 and I was so confused I mean like girl like we can pay you back like I mean one it was different for me because you know my mom is like so good about just lending money. Right. And she's done the money work. She understands that money's going to come back. Right. And, and she doesn't... You know what's funny is that my mom doesn't get a huge income. Right. You know? But she knows it's going to come in. She knows that what the work she's doing... Gracie's mom is also a Reiki master. So what her... She knows that she's working from love and she's right. always going to receive abundance because she's doing what she's so passionate about. Right. And I think that's the difference between our parents too is... Mine, they pretended like they knew what they wanted to do in life, but they estranged themselves from that. And right. anybody's parents that do that, they're going to have so much more tenacity within themselves. It's mm-hmm. like a rubber band that's about to snap always between them and society, them and anything around them. Because they chose to go down the path that felt comfortable and what society said and right. what my grandparents said for them. Rather than being like, okay, this is what I really, really want to do. 
like your mom did. She right. understands the power that she holds, but right. my parents are so estranged from that feeling that right. they don't have a whole lot of cultivated love for themselves sometimes, mm-hmm. as a lot of parents don't. There's a small percentage of us that actually realize our power. Right. But I I don't like saying society. I watched a TikTok and it was just like, we need to stop defining ourselves separate from the 3D to the 5D. Right. And if you want communicate or if you want a clear understanding on that, 3D is the matrix. Mm-hmm. You know, what we call... Fear. Yeah. It's fear. It's anger. It's all these low vibrational feelings. When we put too much energy towards that, it's just feeling the collect- fueling the collective's ego. So right. you can't reach 5D, which is peace, calm, you know, contentment. You can't reach your... Knowing you know, your power. Right. Knowing your power, your higher intuition. You cannot reach that until you love the 3D. Right. And so you understand that you can alchemize that pain whenever you want to. Right. You cannot be that bridge. You cannot have that bridge. You cannot have that golden arch to the 5D unless you love the 3D. So right. saying that society sucks isn't going to do anything for us. So just noticing the pain in the 3D, but alchemizing that, not just for us, but for others. Right. As what you do in your work, as what I do in my work. Right. You You know, know, I think this also applies, like, so our parents have grown up in that fear-based energy, right? Mm -hmm. I think when... I think we are the ones who have to hold space for our parents because, you know what, I think the picture of what your mom portrays to us mm-hmm. isn't what she does in reflection by herself. Yeah. She literally, guys, she literally gave Hallie $100 this morning and yeah. she never does that. Mm-mm. And I'm thinking that the picture that she portrays to us isn't what's going on when she's reflecting. I think she has a softness to her. I think she does, but she's scared. Right. Of being soft. Right. And you can definitely tell, like, when I think her management of her feelings is action. Take action. Let's be masculine. I didn't yeah, tell she's, you. She's very stuck in the masculine energy. Yeah. she. We were in the car yesterday. And you were getting something inside. She was like, I don't understand your generation. She was talking to me. She was like, you guys don't want to work. I was I was in the car and I was I didn't know what to do or to say. Listen, I know how to work. Do not right. tell me that I don't right. know how we, to work. We have good work ethic. If we wanted to work a miserable job, hey. We could go out and we could get any kind of miserable job we want. Everywhere is hiring. The world is in shambles. Right. But the fact is, her generation, your mom's generation was a little bit of the change. She's the middle because she's only like early 40s, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early 40s. My parents are boomers. Mm. So for them, they know work, but school wasn't as intense for them. The generation for the school system of being absolute, I don't know if this is going to trigger, but hell, Mm -hmm. started... I don't know when my parents graduated. College is so different these days. Yeah. So for our generation, especially for Gen Z, we grew up always going up a societal conditioned ladder. So I don't want to use society. I'm trying to estrange myself from society. We are ingrained in our mind for work always. So this is what I heard on TikTok. I learned all my lessons on TikTok, I swear. But it was this dude and he was talking about how... um. 
he was talking to his parents and his parents are like why do you guys never want to work like your generation is so lazy and you guys are going to become homeless and you guys literally just suck as a group Mm -hmm. and he was just like well look at the statistics this way growing up especially me and you gen z right we started from kindergarten working up this powerful ladder of oh every year we become more smarter and even better and work becomes harder Right. We have constantly worked up a crazy ladder of homework. We are in school for eight hours straight, and then we have to come home and do four to five hours of homework. They didn't have to do that? No, they didn't have to do that. My my parents' generation did not have to do that. They knew work. They started... My mom started working when she was, like, 13. Right. I think a that job. was her parents', like, mm. influence. No, but that's what they had to do, because they didn't, like, have the TVs or the technology that we had now. I mean, they had, like, a one TV, but it wasn't, like, how we grew up right. as, like, iPad kids, you know? Right, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So it's different for them. They know work, but we were forced school. And so we've been working up this constant ladder of being, like, oh, my gosh, middle school's coming. We get into middle school. It's hell for us. There's so much work, even more. We have to get up, be to school at 7.30, then we get finally let off at 3, and then we have sports. Right. Like, you were doing lacrosse, you were doing volleyball, I was yeah. doing com- comp swim, like constantly doing something. Wouldn't get home till 8, two hours of homework, go to bed at 10, still have to eat dinner, still have to take a shower. They didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. And then we get up to high school, and then from freshman year, you better know what you're going to do for college. Oh, and you, you better, better know. Yeah. And every year you go to family gatherings. Oh, what are you doing? What are you going to major in? That's the only conversation. That's that the only, is the only conversation. Yeah, that's the only praise that we get is, oh, you know what you're going to do in life? I'm so proud of you. Here's $100 for your birthday because right. you know what you're going to do for life. Right. That's when we get the most appraise. But if we didn't know what we were going to do, for instance, me and Gracie started saying the past two years of our life saying that we want to travel. When we tell that to people, they go, yeah. oh. Yeah. And they don't give us any appraisal for that. Yeah. Oh, it's like, it's not even like you, that was a very enthusiastic, oh, it's like you, like, they'll be like, oh, that's so cool. And then they leave it at that. And you can tell that they're like, oh, you're not going anywhere, are you? Yeah. Like, they'll automatically think we're going to become homeless and we're going to have to live out of our parents' basement when we say that. Your mom was literally saying yeah, that. Yeah. My mom, she was just like, I expect my kids, it's either you're going to be home and you're going to pay rent and you're going to get a nice nine to five job or you're going to college and then we'll pay for you to be living under our roof and i'm just like that is ridiculous you're the one who chose me to come right. into your life right but yet you like she's like well that's how you learn growth no that's how you <laughs> no. teach the kid to run away from you to learn trauma from you yeah you know pushing your kid away is not going to do anything and i've tried mentioning that before and she's like you need to get a nine to five and i'm like i'm not going to do that I do odd jobs for old people and I have my own time. I want to do things because I manifested that job. I'm going to do what I want to do mm-hmm. because this is my life, not yours. Right. And they think because they're the parents that no, you have to do what I have to do because they're living under my roof. Right. I'm adopted. So it's hard for me to say, oh, you birthed me. But even for my siblings, I'm like, you chose to birth a child in this world. And now you're going to literally punish them for being alive right like that's flabbergasting that those generations do that and so our generation then we had to go from high school into college right then from college to grad school grad school to some office job that we hate and no wonder we are so depressed right we do not know our power right but our generation is saying literally 
fuck that. We're not yeah. going to do that shit because we know our parents are so miserable. They only have the weekends. And a lot of the times they had to go into work on an early Saturday morning. Right. My parents had to do that. Go for work a couple hours. We had to be home alone all the time. And then they'd finally come back and then they'd be pissed off that we didn't do anything. And then there was no emotional companionship between my me and my parents. I don't know how your parents were. Yeah. But they would come home from work, be miserable from their job, be so drained. Well, all they would want to do is sleep and yell at us. Yeah. And I was just like, oh. Like, See, my mom was very, um, she did do the nine to five. You know what, guys? She got, she did, she did get, um, a nursing degree and she did that for a couple of years. Um, but my mom isn't using her degree anymore. Right. My mom said, no, um, fuck this. I'm miserable. I am miserable. I'm coming home. I don't get to spend time with my kids because she worked the night shifts Mm. most nights. And Mm -hmm. she would sleep all during the day. And I I remember as a child wanting to go snuggle with her. And my dad would be like, no, Gracie, like, give your mom some space. And um, she, yeah, she was just working all the time. And she was like, no, like, uh uh-uh, I've had enough of this. I'm going to do what I want to do. And her calling was Reiki. And guys, she built her business up from the bottom. And now she has around like 200 clients. Right. I'm not, I'm like, she's just so inspirational for me. Like her, she decided that the nine to five wasn't truly her path right and honestly it's hard for us to say that the nine to five is not for anybody because some people their souls literally come here to be the good bad example for us not to be right you know sometimes our souls have to choose that and i've talked to some older spiritual um shaman guru type people they're just like older generational people that i've talked to that are really highly spiritual And I tell them about that, and they're like, no, like, their soul chose to come here to be that good, bad example for us. And I'm like, you know what, thank you for catching me on that, because yes, some of us do come here for that. But our generation is not that generation. Right. We are going, I call literally, I call our generation the revolution. Yes. We started these platforms for injustice. We have started these campaigns for climate change. We have started you know, all these things, and even whatever your take is on any of these things, at least we are doing something. Right. These older generations, you tell them about the injustices of the world or the division, and they laugh in our faces, and they're just like, like, they just don't understand the division and the pain that this is causing. When it's so large and so big to our grasp of knowledge that we even know We haven't even been here for 40 years. We're only maybe 20 to maybe 29, our generation. Right. And we know this is not okay. Right. We know that we're going to be the change. And even though there are those examples of the 9 to 5ers and the homeless people and those that don't follow their passion and those that don't know about manifestation and how Mm -hmm. they are literally a portal to their germ reality. Mm Mm-hmm. We know that we can be the change. The art with our generation, our kids will not grow up the way we did. Right. We will be show. We will show our kids unconditional love. We will see that they will always be a reflection for us. From mm. for us. Mm-hmm. 
you and Luca were telling me about how when a mother has a child, the reason why there's so much tenacity between that mother and child is because the mother refuses to learn the lessons from the child. Right. The child will always be a direct reflection of their insecurities because they right. came out of them. And that is the way that the universe right. works. There or either always. parent. Like, right. you know, the my I was a direct fl- reflection of my father. Mm. The reason why me and my mother get along is because we're opposites and we don't clash. Right. Me and my father were so alike. We clashed all the time. We are both stubborn. Um, I don't take... I'm not... (laughs) Listen, I respect parents. I do. I respect adults. But there is a fine line between what I saw my father was doing versus respect. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but... The, so I was the black sheep in the family. Um, my sister felt, she felt pressured to be, um, quiet and, you know, didn't talk out a lot. I talked out a lot. Um, because, and you know, that's your right. <laughs> it is your right as a teenager to get everything off your chest in a respectful manner. I'm not saying to, you know, like, just, like, you know, yell at your parents right. just because you're angry. No, like, there's a key, clear communication that you deserve to feel what you feel and tell your parents what you feel. And my dad didn't really understand that. He had the belief, like many parents do, that, you know, you do as you're told from your parent and you shut up and listen. I, I, you know, there's this, you know, just an example, like, he had asked me to, you know, correctly put the, um, blanket on the couch, you know, like, set it up, and I, I threw the blanket on, it looked fine to me, (laughs) my dad started screaming that I was disrespecting him, and, I wasn't taking that. I was like, you know what, dad? No, like this isn't right. You can't be yelling at me for this kind of stuff. That's not right. Mm -hmm. Um, But our parents, you know, I think I wouldn't say all of them. Like my mom is very good at reflecting. What just happened? You didn't see the clock. Oh, okay. She's very good at reflecting afterwards. And then she'll come back and be like, okay, I'm sorry. Like, and then we hug afterwards. <laughs> and it's good because I'm, I, I do love physical touch and hugging for me is like saying, okay, we're okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of our parents' generation was told to shut up and listen and to be seen and not heard. And they kind of reflect that a lot. Um, But there are, I'm not saying that all parents are like that. I think, you know, my mom's a really good example of, you know, trying to break that cycle. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not sure where I was going with that. That's what I got to say. Yeah, it's... It's just wild 
the difference between our generation and our parents' generation. And so anyhow, we expect, we expect, oh my gosh, sorry, my phone keeps like going, like the screen keeps going black because my phone is just like, I don't even know what it's doing, but that's why you hear, heard like the tapping. Um, we just expect very different things. Our generations are polar opposites mm-hmm. and we... They think that we're lazy, but we've been working our whole lives. Our school is our work, and it's been exhausting our whole life. And so then we expect to finish up these crazy years of school with a degree we don't want to do. And then we are expected to work a job that we don't want to do. And, yeah, it's exhausting, and we refuse, and we rebel, and they don't get that. Like, we have great worth work. I mean, there are some people out there that don't have great work ethic. You know, and I I do understand that because the one thing that I I see is that I think all kids should have been raised to make food for themselves, you know, on a farm. Because down the road, we cannot be relying on grocery stores. Yeah. Especially with inflation and everything going to shambles and, like, the revolution that's begun with... I can't even say the word. It's going to get flagged on here, but... The thing that happened two years ago that put the country down um, into complete lockdown, that was the beginning of revolution. That was the beginning of something big. And a lot of things that are happening now is the beginning of something even bigger. We have a new, I can't even say the word, we have a new liquid going into our bodies in the fall. And whatever your take is on said stuff going into bodies in the fall and issues that are happening in the world... It's still a direct reflection of our health. Mm-hmm. It's still a direct reflection of our society. Mm-hmm. And still a direct reflection of the things that we are not doing right because Mother Earth is rebelling. Yeah. You know, something that I've been reminded of is this climate change thing. It's her taking back yeah, her power. Yeah, it's her taking back her power. And there's a lot of fear. Anything to do with fear is there's no truth to that. Right. We have to understand that when you look at power lines... There are vines wrapping up the power line to try to, like, you know, work with the electricity. Because electricity is innate to planet Earth. But it's when we abuse our power that Mother Earth will take back her power. The bigger the storms, that has to happen because we have so much trash in our ocean. That's the only way for Mother Earth to break it down. When there's a forest fire, that has to happen because we are so negligent with understanding the things that we put on our soil. There are pesticides and so much chemicals in our foods now that it's not even real food. That it literally is a direct poison going into your body when you go get fresh vegetables from the store that are more expensive. You go to Europe, there's no pesticides on it, and you can get 12 tomatoes for like 4 euros. But here, a dozen tomatoes, like full heirloom tomatoes, it's probably going to be like 14 bucks and covered in pesticides that taste Mm -hmm. so nasty, Mm -hmm. is not nutritious at all. That as a society, we we have to be the change. If no other generation is going to be the rebellion, we will take the label of being lazy if we start a revolution. Mm-hmm. You know, we will be the ones to stand up knowing that this, this shit is not right anymore. We, know, we will no longer live in a society without love, without compassion, without understanding, without hugs and kisses with friends without you know Mm -hmm. silence and the beauty within silence and communication and treating animals right and treating our food right and 
I think that our generation is exactly doing that for reflecting what we are going to do. And if the other generations don't get that, it does not matter because we know what we're doing. And when they're on their deathbeds, they can finally say, wow, I understand now. Right. You know, there was actually what's really quite interesting is, you know, I don't know if you guys... um, You know what? If you're listening to this, you most likely agree with the things that we agree with but um there's just a few things you can't say because it'll get flagged so don't mention oh i'm not going to um there was a medium Mm -hmm. who was um channeling the mother of this woman and the mother was like you know i've had a lot of time to watch you and reflect the mother who is deceased um and i'm really sorry for um, the way that I treated you in the household. You know, I'm watching you and how you treat your kids now, and I'm really sorry for how I treated you in the household. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm I'm guessing that she was, like, you know, the type of parent who would yell and, um, and you know, spank and whatnot. Um, and I think we have this perception of, you know, death that's, like, really scary, um... you know what we're all like there's a little bit of fear in us you know it's the it's the struggle to survive like you have to survive because or else like you're not going to be there anymore but our bodies are literally alive because of our consciousness Mm -hmm. yep our brain works because we have a soul that is channeling like pure energy like it's we exist, our bodies, our vessels, because of our spirits and our souls. Mm-hmm. And energy cannot be created nor destroyed. That is exactly. a universal, scientific, wherever you want your information from, it's talked about religiously. Mm-hmm. It's talked about literally in science. If you're somebody that says, I only believe in science. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, energy cannot be created nor destroyed. Right. Therefore, right. Therefore, our bodies, yeah, we're these meat sacks. We're going to decompose. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. We're just these little vessels of, you know, literally meat and, oh, you God. know, Don't say that. meat and veins oh, and <laughs> a nervous system and a brain and a heart and tissues. But we're not our bodies. Our consciousness is the thing that matters and consciousness can literally not die. Right. You know? And when I think we also have a misconception of ghosts. I don't remember who I was talking about. I think Hana was talking about this. Um, mm. One of our other really spiritual, like-minded uh, friends. She was saying that ghosts don't actually look like we've been told. They're not going to show up with their physical bodies as, you know, they're going to show up as consciousness. Right. You they're know gonna... what? Sometimes they do. I Really? Yeah. I've, I've seen quite a you quite a few faces in my lifetime um and i have you know we have this perception of ghosts that's really scary i don't think ghosts like to be called ghosts honestly i think they i think you know i prefer the t- the term like spirits or souls but i think in <laughs> this is a little bit confusing but um i don't know if you guys um resonate with astral travel or not but i've done that astral projection same thing okay the same thing um but 
I've astral projected and there are spirits or parts of souls that are trapped in the astral realm because of trauma. I think that they also project the wanting of a face, but like if their body is going to die, I think that our brain can only comprehend them with a face sometimes too. Yes, yes. But I feel like... I, I never want to admit it, but I feel like I can feel entities around me, the good kind, because I, I send myself a 360 around protection. But if I were to look and I saw an outline of something, it would, never, it would never be a face, it would never be hands. It would just be like the way you were to see a soul, just like a bubble of an outline of a human. Right. That's what it would be like. It was just like a shadow, like a bubble ofness we've jumped so much i know in our topics that's all right this is a casual podcast i always tell them that okay this isn't professional there's too much professionalism around that's too much seriousness yeah for real Mm -hmm. they love it if you if you love the casualness send me a dm saying hallie i love the casualness or i'll just put a little thing on my instagram and have you guys vote (laughs) (laughs) Because later on, I'm almost at 4,000 followers of you guys. So when it reaches 5,000, I'm going to do, like, a big, like, thing. I think I'm going to, well, I'm, I'm not going to announce now. But I'm going to decide within the next, like, month of what I'm going to do and carry this on. But then I might, like, get equipment and be more serious. But that's going to be hard, like, when I'm traveling. Like, I'm not home right now. I'm 10 hours away from my home. Gracie's also 10 hours away from her home. More than 10 hours. No, from my house, it's 10 hours to your place. Right, but from here to... That it would actually be closer. Because you're up here and I'm down here. It would just be more straight across. So I don't know. What? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, but yeah, anyhow. I'll, I'll figure it out. But I think that's where we're going to end this. This ended all over. But I also don't know when this is going to end. I don't remember the time and when it ends. And I know a lot of you guys appreciate short episodes. So I'm going to do another one with Gracie. Yeah, but I love you all and thank you for being unique and you and being bold and being authentic and taking up space. I want you to look in the mirror today, point at yourself in the mirror and say blank your name. I am allowed to take up space and I want you to know that. And something that I've been realizing that I was talking about with Luca is that we try so hard to bring up things with people within their healing, but that's not the point. The thing is literally causing people to bring up their triggers. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way conscious relationships can begin is by you bringing up the other person's triggers. You know, if I wasn't at the state of wanting to heal and Gracie was around (laughs) me, I would be like, girl, you need to get on a plane and get the F out of here because there's so much triggers that Gracie's direct reflection of all my insecurities that I pushed down. And I uncomfortably sit through that and talk through that with her. But if I was in a place of non-healing, I would be so frustrated. And honestly, back then, I'd probably hate you. What? Because I hated people that reflect my insecurities. I would gossip about them. Give them them. an example so they don't think I'm crazy. They're not going to think you're crazy. No, like, like, um, what was one of them? What was one? I'm literally brain farting right now. I'm also brain farting right now, so. There's so many conversations going on inside my head of what we were just talking about. <laughs> Little things that were happening. Um, but anyhow, P 
people are always a direct reflection of us. When your parents get mad at you, it's because you are a reflection of their insecurities. Mm -hmm. And when you tell them something and they yell, that's hitting their ego. That means it's the truth. And when people start getting angry at me, I kind of just start laughing at them. Because I'm like, wow, I just said the truth and you just yelled at me. That means it was the truth. That's the only reason your ego is getting so attacked. Because if it wasn't the truth... Your ego would not be so upset, screaming, yelling, throwing things, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. If it wasn't the truth, that person would say no, like literally sarcastically say no and let it go. Right. You know, but when when they get angry, that is the truth. And that means you really brought something up. So anyhow, that's the end. I love you guys. Look for reflection. See it as a beautiful thing, especially when you want to leave a connection when it starts getting hard, you need to stay in it because they're going to teach you so much about yourself that you did not even know that it was a time of healing. And the biggest thing is healing is going to come when you least expect it, especially from people you're going to least expect. I thought Gracie was going to come and it was going to be all light and love. And it was going to be all, you know, platonic <laughs> cuddling and laughing and giggling and mm-hmm. washing up in rivers and mm-hmm. swimming around and cooking food. And next thing I know, there's a nine hour no talking period. I literally want to <laughs> scream. <laughs> and we're over here like, I'm just like, what the F? So anyhow. We get through it. Yeah. So. All right. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye bye.